Hello and welcome to the New Spiro podcast where we interview experts, authorities and characters on all things spearfishing. Come and join us after the show at noobspiro.com, the online spearfishing community helping you to become a better Spiro. Here are your hosts for the show, Shrek and Turbo. G'day Noob Spiro community, Shrek and Turbo here. Today we have Darren Shields, a man synonymous with New Zealand spearfishing. He is Managing Director of Weddy New Zealand's premier spearfishing brand. He's featured in numerous DVDs and YouTube videos, including high-quality DIYs and how-tos. He's also the six-time New Zealand spearfishing champ, and he's about to compete in the world champs. Uh, whereabouts is that, Darren? Uh, just south of Lima, Peru, but uh, I hope I don't have to compete. I'm manager reserve, so um, if I do, it means somebody's sick or injured, and um, <laughs> I'm not really up to the game these days of competing, but uh, I suppose if I have to throw my suit on, I'd give it a go. Oh, well, day. Anyway, Darren, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. So I, I read a bit on your bio. It says you're a prolific diver. You've dived one end of the country to the other, and you've got around globally quite a bit. Where, where, where did you get started, I guess, would be the place to start? Um, when I was five years old, my old man threw me into the water in a place called Matai Bay in the far north of New Zealand, and uh, that sort of got me going from there because my dad was a competitive Spiro. He won those national spearfishing champs once, and, um, yeah, that was how I kicked off. Wow. So what was the first spot and sort of like the first sort of fish you started shooting? Um, the first spot I jumped in was a deep pinnacle and Dad was trying to shoot kingfish and uh, I still remember a school of kingfish coming up to him and he missed the first school that came through, he missed one and then he got one on a second shot and I suppose that just got me going and I think from there we moved to another rock that stuck out of the water and he gave me a gun and I shot a couple of blue mau mau and um, that was it, I was, I was hooked. Yeah, we're hooked about five years old, well that sounds, that sounds like a great way to get started. Yeah, no it was. So was your dad a bit of a mentor to you when you got started, did he sort of coach you up for a few years? He did, him and a lot of his friends, sometimes dad had to work and um, you know he didn't get as much time but yeah dad was and as I say several of his friends and I used to follow some of the older divers and watch what they were doing so yeah. Okay so what what were kind of some of the biggest obstacles you faced starting out? You, you had plenty of guys to go diving with because of your dad and his network of friends. I mean, did you? How did you? Do you start with hand-me-down equipment like the rest of us? Yeah, I was going to say equipment was the hardest thing. I mean, nowadays guys are spoiled for choice, and um, you know you still get guys they 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 over they overcalculate what they need and, and get too carried away. Whereas in the old days, I mean, I, I still remember Dad and his mate making me a, a little neoprene vest that was my first real piece of equipment that was mine, and it was only a little vest, and I thought I was made, you know, swimming in the winter time with that on when I was about six or seven. But um, that was it. You, you didn't have the access to the good gear like nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some of your gear tutorials. In fact, um, we've got a bit of a getting started video guide on our website just for people starting out in the sport. And you've got some great tutorials there just on kind of an overview of different components of gear and a very, very, very pragmatic approach to gear. So they're on our website up until we have our own sort of content up. But, but great videos. Oh, it's good. Thank you. Well, question that we like to move on to is the the story of your most memorable fish. I guess we've sort of got a bit of an idea of where you started. Um, what was the, sort of the best fish you shot or the one that, that stands out most in your mind? There's probably three. One's of my first kingfish I ever speared, and it was a school elective trip. I still remember getting that. 
um, it actually swam up to grab somebody's line and peeled away and I shot it. It wasn't very big. Um, I suppose I was about 12 when I got that. And then probably the 31-pound snapper I got wow. when I was about uh, 19. And I, th- at that stage, that was the first fish over 30-pound ever shot in New Zealand. Um, and I held the record for quite a number of years with that. And then I went on to shoot a uh, 60-odd kilo yellowfin um, in Vanuatu uh, while I was guiding. And I had a heap of guys. And I'd all got, so, oh, they'd got sort of three at that stage, I think and it was my birthday and nobody could get this one big yellowfin that kept coming in so I said well do you mind if I have a crack and I got it so that was pretty significant for me that's pretty cool I've seen a, I've also seen one of your blue water um, sort of a guide to getting started yeah. with blue water hunting now whereabouts off Vanuatu were you were you were diving out in the deep blue were you using flasher burleys what, what's everything what? yeah we're on the fads off Vanuatu yeah okay off Port Villa yep yeah we were yeah okay cool Mate. Just go back. You said that uh, your your first kingfish, your twelve kilo kingfish. Did you say that was a a school elective trip? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't twelve kilos. I was twelve years old. Oh. I think it would be lucky if it was ten kilos <laughs> back then. Um, but yeah, we I had a, was fortunate to have a teacher that was a spear fisherman, and <laughs> we did electives once a week. And you could go shooting at gun clubs. You could knit, you could, whatever, there was all sorts of different activities and one of them was spearfishing that this teacher kicked off and it was great because uh, we broke down a few times so we wouldn't get back to school so we just had to keep diving so <laughs> oh, it, was, it was fantastic. Beats the shit out of knitting anyway. Oh yeah! <laughs> I heard you say knitting. I actually seen Turbo's eyebrows perk up, uh, Darren. He he was he was thinking, shit, he would have done that. Uh, he would have gone. He would have gone the knitting. I think. No, I love a I love a good homespun jumper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the questions we I really love to ask um, some of the guests we have on the show, Darren, is is what's the scariest moment you've had out spearfishing, and and what did you what did you come away with it with what what lessons did you learn? I suppose scariest is um, you know that people always talk sharks and things, and I've had some pretty scary times with those. But you know, I, I, I suppose you've got to look at pulling your best mate off the bottom dead. Um, that's pretty scary, uh, um, and something you know you you hope never to experience again. Um, I've been involved in sort of four deaths out diving and um, the last one, as I say, was my best mate and I found him. So you come away with that with a real appreciation of life and realising that, you know, just pushing it that little bit to try and get whatever it is you're after, it's just not worth it when you see the damage it does to all the people that are left behind, you know, his family and things like that. It was just a tragedy. I would hope never, never anybody in the spirit community would ever have to go through. It's just awful. So that, that for me would, would stand out. I mean, sharks, yes, but, but that's real deep to the bone stuff when you're involved in that. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely terrible, Darren. But one of the things we've noticed from asking these questions to experienced guys is, um, is just how uh, much appreciation they have for diver safety. Yeah. I know we've all gone out and dived by ourselves and we've all pushed it on occasion, but um, I think for our audience out there, Listening to experienced guys, the take-home message really is to buddy up and um, and dive within your limits. Yeah, you're right there, but the problem is the sport we're in is an individual sport. We are individual sparrows. You know, if you're a spear fisherman or a hunter or whatever, you're an individual. So while the intentions of, of buddying up and doing that is all very well and good, it, it's not the animal we are. You know? mm. We do it in our competitions now in New Zealand with all the drownings we had. It is now a peers comp. But 
in day-to-day diving, you know, I like nothing better than getting on a bit of coaster on my own with no other diver around me and, you know, going for a swim and shooting a couple of fish. And and, and I don't think we should ever lose the ability to have that, that freedom. Uh, we, we get too wrapped up in cotton wool these days. I think there's got to be a certain amount of personal responsibility taken on what you're doing and to do it, you know, safely and make sure you do come back. But I'm not a fan of wrapping everybody up in cotton wool. I think it's a load of rubbish. You know? We don't know how to survive if, we, if, if we're constantly having somebody looking after us. That's that's a fair call. Moving on to something a bit lighter. Um, the last yeah. the last guest we we spoke with too, Darren. He he had had a couple of mates die on him out spearfishing as well. So it's not something we we, we talk about lightly. But what, while we're at, while you, while you've been out there, what's the funniest thing you've you've seen out on a spearfishing trip? Oh crikey, there's been a few of them over the years. Uh, <laughs> Tell us one where you got a nickname out of it or something. Jeez, <laughs> I can't think of any of those. I mean, I've seen guys get all wrapped up by a fish and get dragged in you know, I just hang on too long and the fish swims round and round and it's like a goat tied to a stake that doesn't have a swivel on it. <laughs> Eventually they're, 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 their arms are stuck at their sides and they're completely wound up in their, in their float line. Um, oh, I mean, there's been all sorts of guys falling out of boats at high speed when boats have been racing each other. I, I suppose going back to the world champs in Spain, I think it was in 1994 I was there and this huge fleet of us, there were 75 boats left this little um, place called He Horn on the coast there and we were tearing along and I reckon it was probably in close to six metre swells and all these young guys had um, been given the job of driving the inflatables and they'd never really done it before a lot of them. There was outboards falling off boats. I remember it was one of the Aussie guys and I can't remember who it was. I'm pretty sure come flying <laughs> past me and he fell out. Um, you know, so there's, yeah, there's, I mean, there's been lots of moments. It's um, hard to put my finger on one. There's, there's always an Aussie somewhere to, yeah, to do oh, that. Yeah, of course yeah. I'm actually loving this interview. I'm from New Zealand myself, uh, Darren. I'm from Taranaki. I've been here 10 years now, yeah. practically an Australian, but it's great to outnumber an Australian for a change. So, so Tur- Turbo's copping it today, so yeah. this is great. Yeah, that's good. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Darren. Um, it's, it's about time that we opened up the Veterans Vault, and this is where we sort of um, throw it over to you, where you want to give us a bit of insight or um, talk to us about something that you're passionate about within spearfishing or, or that you sort of um, feel that you're an authority on. I don't know about an authority on it, but the thing I'm really passionate about these days is us looking after the fishery because, I mean, I've been a spearer now for 43 years and um, I've seen a huge decline in fish stocks and people argue it and talk about science and things like that and, oh, I don't know, I just know some of the places I dive now, those fish just aren't there like they used to be and people can tell me till they're blue in the face that this, this has been done and that's been done, but honestly... If we don't start really looking after what we've got left, um, the greenies are going to do it for us, and um, they're going to make decisions we're not going to like. So, oh, I still, uh, even though I've been a competitive spiro all my life, I still struggle with the amount of fish we kill in spearfishing comps, and I don't think it's right. And oh, I'm a bit of a black sheep over here in the competitive world. I get a bit of a hard time, but. You know, I don't think we can point our finger at everybody else. We've got to look after our own backyard before we start accusing commercial operators or line for shows or whatever it is. We've got to make mm. sure we do right. And there's better ways of proving we're a better Spiro than other guys and taking very large amounts of fish out of a small area, mm. you know, over a day or a two-day period. And I think we've got to move ahead and get more proactive in that area. Um, I've just been over 
over your way actually and I jumped, I was going on a charter trip with um, a bunch of line fishermen mm-hmm. and uh, when I got on the boat all the way up at the Lockhart River, Nomad Charters, I was told I wasn't allowed to spearfish and they made up some stories about liability and things like that but I don't think that was the case. I just don't think they like sparrows. And at the end of the day, I would have taken less fish than, than uh, I think, what was killed by the line fishers. Yet even though they were releasing fish, they did keep some to eat, which is great, but there was a few released that were going to die, uh, that were dead. So, you know, I, I think we've got to be careful. We're a small number in the community compared to some of these other groups, and we'd be easily quashed if we're not careful. Yeah, yeah. We, we were just speaking to Richard Leonard, and, and he gets around sort of globally in the spearfishing world, and he was talking about the contrast between some of the European guys and the Western spearos, and how um, they, in, the, in, the, in Europe, they tend to admire the art, and you see a lot of the videos on YouTube where they, they dive to phenomenal depths, and, and, and that really to, to spearfish that we, 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 we would ignore a lot of the time in Australia and New Zealand, uh, where, where the fish are probably more prolific, it's not as overfished as the med. And uh, and I think perhaps a lot of the sparrows are going that way now, where where they enjoy more the art and the chase, and, and maybe just taking home two fish instead of needing to shoot ten or fifteen. Or that, yeah, that's what it should be. I mean, they've had to learn that art in Europe. I competed in Croatia, and I swam for six hours one day and got a one fish that was about eight hundred grams, and that was sort of that was sort of kicked me off towards like ending my competitive career because. I thought, here I am in Croatia trying to shoot the last fish they have in the ocean <laughs> to, to prove that I'm better than the, than the other man. And I thought, this is wrong. You know, we shouldn't be doing this. Beautiful waters, but just devoid of any fish. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'd hate to see that happen in this part of the world. But, you know, as populations grow, the, that, that pressure, that recreational pressure especially is going to get put on the fishery stock. So... You mentioned there, Darren, um, you wanted to see uh, something about the competition rules and, and how it encourages you to take a lot of fish from a small area. What, what do you sort of suggest could be done to sort of change change the rules, I guess? What I did, I came up with an event about three years ago, and, it, and I'm, really, I'm really passionate about it, but I'm struggling to get it off the ground here. A few guys let me run it alongside a normal spearing event. What it is, is I, I, I had a good look at what goes on every day when you go diving, and, and as you said, we shoot two or three fish or something. I, I sort of estimate on a good day, you know, might shoot four or five fish. So I got the fish list that we have in a spearfishing comp, picked out four of the fish which I think can can take being speared. Yeah. Okay. So, so I make two lists. One list is four or five fish you can spear, and another list is about 20 to 30 species which you can only take a photo of. So you go out with your buddy with a camera and two guns, and you can dive down and you can take a photo of a snapper, then your buddy can dive down and spear it. And you get 100 points for the photo and 100 points for the speared fish. Okay. But it also means I've added back in a lot of the species which we've taken out, a lot of the under rock species and some of the more rarer species which we don't shoot anymore, I've added them in in the camera section. So it's really given us a, a, you know, a great list because I found in the last few spearing comps I've got in, um, you, you found you'd shoot most of the fish that were available in that area in the first three hours and for the last three hours you were bored shitless, you had nothing to do. Yeah. Whereas with, with 30 odd species on your camera list, you were going right till the very end finding more and more and more fish and it's a real, you know, it's a real thrill. Coming at the end of the day, you've got four fish you've spared uh, and you've got you know maybe 20 or 30 species on your camera 
you don't throw the four fish in a pile at the end of the lane. You actually take them home and eat them because it's, you know, it's a nice little feed. Whereas yeah. you come into the comp, you've got 20 fish in your bag and you're tired. You, know, you can't be bothered filleting them and, you know, you're happy to let them go and somebody auction them off. You walk down the road to the fish and chip shop and buy fish and chips or go to a restaurant and buy a meal and it's like, <laughs> this is all stupid. Well, this doesn't make yeah. sense. So uh, I, I quite like that concept, Darren. I'd, I'd like to see that introduced more widely. It's a, it's a, it's a great idea. Uh, how, how sort of, um, how, how well accepted was it within the, the Spiro community? Over uh, it wasn't. A lot of guys told me, you know, I, I got a lot of flack, especially from guys close to me and they thought I've been called a tree hugger and you know, all sorts of things and guys really? sort of don't, some guys won't even talk to me and um, and it's, you know, it's just, it's senseless, it's this attitude, but it's my right to kill whatever I want. Well, sorry, it's not your right, and that right can be taken away if we're not seen to be doing the right thing. I mean, other guys have embraced it. There was, um, I remember there was one, two guys came to a comp where I had it running, so there was a full-on spearfishing comp, and they let me run it alongside, and these two guys said, this is fantastic, because one guy said, I only like to take photos. And my mate who I dive with all the time, he only likes to spear. So, hey, guess what? We're a great partnership in the way they went. And they absolutely loved it. And I think they won the event, if I remember right. So, um, and it's also been really good for dad and kids, you know, because sometimes the kids don't want to shoot something, but they're happy to muck around with a camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it opens up a whole lot of new doors, but it's that real diehard kill all Spiro that just think, you know, I'm like, I'm like the real black sheep when I turn up at an event and I'm, I'm pushing this, so. Ah, cool. Yeah. Now, now you said you're, you said you were over Queensland. I, I remember you saying Lockhart, which was an hour north of Cairns, and, and you dived a bit of the Great Barrier Reef. I think you mentioned something about uh, filming for a TV show. Uh, was that the Black Magic um, show yeah. over there you're part of? Yeah. Yep, so now it's called Fishy Business. We've we've had some new sponsors, so we've dropped the Black Magic name, and Fishy Business is, is the new name. Uh, we're on New Zealand's premier channel over here over the summer, so we're off here at the moment while we're filming, and we're back on again beginning of February, I think the new series starts. So I, okay. I think this is year number five I've done on that show. Are they available on DVD, or I've seen a few of your DVDs getting around? Yep, the, the, the DVD that I've got with all my TV shows on is called Diving with Darren. Okay. That was what the segment started off being called, so I'll just get that going. And how big's your segment in the show? How, how much airtime are you uh, Well, the, the, this series, it's dro- we were doing an hour show, um, so my segment could have been anything up to 15 minutes on the show, because um, an hour show cuts down to uh, 38 minutes or 40 minutes or something by the time you add in ads and bits and pieces. Yep, yep. Um, so I was getting a, a real large share, but the guy who was editing it said it's just too much for him to do, so we've cut back to half an now, so that'll that'll drop me to seven, eight to ten minutes uh, okay. for the next series, depending on what what content I've got. There's like eight minutes of spearfishing footage is pretty full on, especially if you're covering an area and things like that. And, and I imagine there's a fair bit of crossover. Well, what sort yeah. of places do you go, and what sort of things do you shoot in the show? So, well, what I, as I was saying, I was going up to the lockout, or well, out to the Barrier Reef to film a bit of spearing, um, but I wasn't allowed to in the end, so I ended up just filming catching a couple of crays, and then just, I'll probably do a segment on my job as an underwater cameraman for a fishing show, because that's the other side of it, um, is, you know, I film underwater for these guys with fish grabbing lures and things like that. Um, some of the other stuff I've got this year, I've got some amazing stuff of kids catching big crayfish down in Fiordland. Uh, that'll air, you know, next year. Cool. So all over the show. I'm going to film at the World Champs in Peru uh, next week when I'm over there. Um, 
so I'll make a bit of a show out of that. So just wherever I'm going, really, I'll make a story out of it. Yeah, no, that's the best way, and you can really tell the story of the event with your camera. Yeah, it's very hard. Uh, one thing I've learned, because I've worked with a couple of other guys doing TV shows, it's very hard to script a show when it's the style of thing, and sometimes the best show you can get is the one that's the least organised. You know, you just oh, okay. get up and go, right, I'm going to go to the barrier today and just let's see what's unfold, because if you script a show about, say, shooting a big snapper or, or a big yellowtail kingfish or something, it very yeah, rarely yeah. ever works, you know. But yeah, yeah. if you go with an open mind, it's amazing what you can pick up and see and do. So. Now we'd like to ask you or, or um, do our segment called the Fast Five Facts for Noobs. It's where we sort of ask you, ask for your your top five um, pieces of advice for the, the noobs starting out in spearfishing. Yep, okay. Top five. Number one, don't overcomplicate your gear. Don't go diving dressed up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Just oh. good, basic kit that gets you started that's of good quality. Um, number two, don't overdo it. You know, don't push it. No fish is worth it. Um, number three, become a good hunter. You can be the best athlete in the world, but if you don't know how to hunt a fish, you know, some of my best mates have been amazing athletes, but they can't, they can't hunt a fish. They don't know how to find a fish. Um, learn to hunt, learn to hunt, and that just means spending lots of time in the water. I mean, I'm not a great fan of these free diving courses and things like that because the guys I take out that have done them, I don't know any of them have ever become a better spear fisherman, and I've said to people, spend that money going on a dive trip. You know, don't, I mean, from a safety point of view, those free diving courses are great. As far as turning into an, you into an amazing spear fisherman, please don't do a course thinking that's going to happen. Yeah, no. Um, another tip. Um, you know, learn a bit about tides and the weather and things like that, how they affect the areas you fish and understand that, you know, different parts of the year you're going to get different visibility, uh, you're going to get different fishing at different times of the year and that sort of thing. So, again, that goes back to the hunting side, I suppose. Mm. Okay. So is that five? I think that's about five. Yeah, I've got four there. You got, you got one more for me, Darren? One more bit of gold for the, for the noobs? Eight. Be kind to your mother. Make sure you get it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a given, eh? Yeah. So we got we got don't overcomplicate your gear. Dive dive, dive to your limits. Yeah. Three be- yeah. become a hunter. Uh, yeah. Four was learn your tides, conditions, etc. And number five was, of course, be kind to your mother. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Give her a feed of fish. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's excellent, Darren. Um, so. If you, have you got any other sort of message you'd want to send to our audience if you if you had a chance? What what would you like to say to them? What would I like to say to them? Well, I mean, look after what we've got. You know, don't overdo it. We've, we've already talked about the, the fishery stocks and things like that. I think that's really the key thing for me now as an older Spiro and having seen what I've seen and, hey, I've, I've overindulged and taken too many fish. I'm not holier than thou, but... Honestly, I think with the changing face, the way the world's going, you know, there's more greenies and things like that, which is fair enough, but they might start making decisions and choices for us that we don't want, but if we're not looking after it, they'll do it. Mm. So Yeah, we're, we're, I think we're already, we're already seeing that here in Australia um, with the grey nurse shark habitat. Um, I know that um, Simon was talking about that last week. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think that's great yeah. advice. Yeah. So um, obviously, people can come and visit you at your spearfishing store, Weddy. Where, where is that based? Yeah. 
We're in Albany in Auckland, which is, um, it's on the north shore of Auckland. So it's heading north, if, so if you've flown in, it's north of the airport. It's it's a 30-minute drive from the airport, and we're right beside the motorway. We're the easiest spearfishing business in the country to find. Um, I've got four buildings in operation here. We're, we're the biggest in New Zealand and growing very fast. My kids are involved. Um, my daughter was New Zealand spearfishing woman champ last year and second this year. She's been in the New Zealand team the last two years. And my son Jackson was number two this year and been in the New Zealand team a few times and he's heading off to Peru with me. So family business, my wife's in the business as well. Uh, and, you know, the kids, I've got them diving all the time because I've sort of said to them, anybody can talk the talk, but, you know, very few people can walk the talk. And you've got to become a good spiro to sell the gear and understand and, and design the gear, and that's what we do. Mm. Right, so for noobs starting out in New Zealand that, that maybe want to come and visit you, they don't live in Auckland, do you, do you run, you, I think I read you run courses um or, or you run them in association with another mob, do you? Or? Yeah, I've got a guy that does dive um, courses, spearfishing courses. It's called Learn to Spearfish. And uh, he, he sort of dives all over the place and does pool training sessions and things like that. And I'm often in other areas um, catching up with customers. I, I do a lot of that, travelling and doing that. So, um, so people can find you and, on Facebook. and I, Is it weddy.com.nz yep. or .co.nz? No, it's, it's, it's both. Weddy.com or weddy weddy.co.nz either or we don't have .com.nz it's just .com so well, .co.nz, um, yeah, we're easy to find. No probs. Fantastic. All right, Darren, it's been great to have you on the show. Thanks thanks for saying hello to the Noob Spirit community and, and, and helping us out while we're getting started with this thing. And it's been really good to have you along. And, no, and it's a pleasure. Thanks very much, guys. You're doing a good job there by the sound of it. Yeah, thanks, we're, thanks, we're, we're trying our best. <laughs> we'll, we'll catch you again, Darren. Yeah, good boys. Thanks very much, Ray. Right. Thanks a lot, Darren. Bye now. Thanks for listening today, Noob Spiro. If you'd like to find out any more information from today's guest, then head over to noobspiro.com. We really appreciate you guys as listeners. Without you, we couldn't do the show. So if you want to help us out, leave us a review on iTunes or head on over to noobspiro.com and uh, sign up for our newsletter. We won't send you crap. So that's all from us. A big hooroo. We hope to see you soon. Shrek over and out. Shrek over and out.